0: Good we're going to do that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Judges chapter five, and uh, I'm going to continue on next week talking about the Holy Spirit, but I just felt charged in my heart to, to talk about moms. Now, I want to explain something to you. I have never been a mom, and I am coming from a place that is different than probably you understand, but my, my knowledge of mothers is, is my, my mom, my wife. And watching many of you. And so so if I get it wrong today, don't don't get too mad at me. I'm gonna do my best, all right? Judges chapter five, verses one through seven. And uh this is a song, this is called the Song of Deborah. You guys ready to sing? No, we're not gonna sing it. This is called the Song of Deborah, and uh I, I wanna I wanna there's something in here that is just beautiful at the end of this that I, I wanna get to, okay? Judges chapter 5, verses 1-7 through seven says this, Then sang Deborah and, and Barak, the son of uh, Abinadom on that day, that the leaders took the lead in Israel, that the people offered themselves willingly, uh, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. Uh, to the Lord I will sing. I will make melody to the Lord, the God of Israel. Verse 4. Lord, when you went out, uh, uh, out from Seir, when you marched from the region of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens dropped. Yes, the clouds dropped water. The mountains quaked before the Lord, even Sinai uh, before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned and travelers kept to the byways. Verse 7, I want you to look at this. The villagers ceased in Israel. They ceased to be until I arose. This last line. I, Deborah, arose as a mother in Israel. Catch that last part. I, Deborah, arose as a mother in Israel. So, i kind of give you a little bit of context to where we're at. In our text, in the song of Deborah, she is one of the judges uh, that ruled over Israel. Before they had a king, they had a series of judges. Probably the most popular judge that you know of is Samson. All right. And, and most of us know him, and, and Gideon was one of those, and there's Ehud, and, and there's so many different. But Deborah is one of those judges, and uh, and she could have said anything. She could have said... And I'm going to get into her story. She could have said, I am a courageous warrior. She could have said, uh, and and you'll find out when I get into the story. She could have said, I am a courageous warrior who got the job done when a man couldn't. You're going to see in the story. Now check this out. She could have said, I, Deborah, a judge over the people of Israel. She could have threw her title around. She could have said that. But in this no, she said, I, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. And I found that very interesting. There's something special about moms. and There's something great about moms. And God knew what he was doing when he designed women to be moms. I know that for a fact. I called my mom and asked her what she enjoyed about being a mom. And she said, that's easy. You, TJ. Do you guys really believe that? Uh, okay. She she didn't say that. She said, because I have an older brother and an older sister. We won't talk about them. But she said this. She said, no, really the, the the greatest thing that I see as a mother and about being a mother is seeing my children grow. Seeing my children prosper. And seeing my children succeed. And seeing my children know jesus christ as their personal savior and, and then i asked my wife without her knowing that i had talked to my mom the same question and you know what how she responded and things that she loved to see her kids laugh and she also said to see her kids succeed and there isn't a good mom that doesn't feel that way notice i said a good mom There isn't a good mom that doesn't feel that way. Most moms want to see their kids succeed. My mom said this. She goes, my prayer is this. She goes, I know that I may not carry over into the next generation, but you guys will. My goal is that I've made an impact on you, and that will be a positive impact that will cause ripples beyond even my own life. And moms come in so many different packages. Some moms give birth to kids. Some moms adopt kids. Some moms foster kids, some moms marry into uh motherhood, and this is one that we often forget. some mothers are spiritual mothers. How many know that we need more spiritual moms in this world and many fill the motherly role in someone's life and and that that often happens and the secret of motherhood and if this is this is me this is me speaking here, so I may be totally wrong here but If I get it wrong, don't throw your shoes at me or anything, all right? But the secret of motherhood is it's got to get done. It's got to get done. It doesn't matter what what wall is in the way, what barrier is in the way. It's got to get done. Moms just have the knack to get things done. You know how I know that? Guess who picks up after our kids? Not me. Guess who picks up after me? Guess who... Seize the dishes and get some done. You know, it's not that I don't want to do the dishes. Well, yeah, it is. But it's not that I can't. But it seems like moms have this energy, that this source of energy that just comes from, I mean, deep within. And when there's a something that needs to be done, it's like, it, okay, we're going to figure it out. And we're going to get it done. When I want to quit, when I want to stop, it's like Tristan picks up and is like, Nope, we got to keep going. We got we to gotta keep going. And let me tell you this. Moms do a lot all the time. They're always serving their kids. They're, they're trying to be uh, good spouses to their husbands. And they're, they're covering a lot of ground. And, and don't today on Mother's Day, don't be the husband to say, hey, babe, you don't have to do the dishes today. Because they'll be there tomorrow. Some of you are like, that was my plan all along, TJ, now you gave it away, right? Or don't be, like, don't, be like the, uh, <laughs> don't be like the son who comes home and his mom is sick in bed and he goes to her and he's a teenage boy and he says, mom, don't worry about getting up and walking downstairs to cook me dinner, I'll carry you down there, <laughs> we depend on our moms so much. And as a mom, you have a strength that God has given you. That it's, it's, It blows my mind when I think about it. The secret of motherhood is getting things done. And there are so many characteristics that I want to look at, some awesome mothers in, in Scripture. So the first characteristic that I want to look at today, and this is a, a, very, a very simple one, is moms are courageous. All right. Moms are courageous and... Moms are courageous and Joshua 1.9 says this. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, uh, the first mom I want to talk about today is Deborah. And we're, we're going to go into her story. Who was a courageous woman of God. Very courageous woman of God. Moms are courageous, and you guys are getting it now. You're getting it now. All right, Uh, and there's a reason. There's a reason that we see shirts that say Mama Bear on them. I don't see shirts that say Daddy Bear. They don't sell Daddy. They. I've seen Papa Bear, but I've never seen a Daddy Bear. But I've seen Mama Bear. See, there's something about a mom. And her babies, you go picking on a mom's babies, you're going to see a side of that mom that you didn't know existed, right? What do they tell you if you're out in the wild and you see a bear with cubs, a mama bear with cubs? Stay away from them cubs because she's going to come after you. She's going to think that you're trying to hurt her cubs even if you're trying not to hurt them. Let me tell you something. There ain't a mom in this room who won't claw your eyes out. Don't matter how big you are, how strong you think you are, they will stand up to you because that's what moms do. That's my baby. You're not going to hurt my baby. And they're courageous. And I love that. And so I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that. Uh, I, was thinking about that and I, you know, Here's another good example of how, how moms are. Just look at moms. Go to a Little League game and watch moms. If somebody says something bad about their kid, you better, you better bet they're going to get up and say something to somebody. That's my kid you're talking about. Right? And Deborah, in our scripture here, she didn't go to Little League, but Deborah was a woman who was a judge over Israel. So to give you the context of what's happening here, for 20 years, 20 years, the Israelites lived under this rule of oppression from the Canaanites. And Jabin the king, he had a, he had a warrior named Sisera who had 900 chariots of iron. Now, that doesn't seem very it, it, big to us. It would be like saying, hey, uh, an army has a 1,000 tanks. It seemed like an impossible foe to them at that point. And Deborah, she would go to this palm tree. And there she would sit underneath this, this palm tree, and she would hear from the Lord, and people would come to her for counsel, and she would give them counsel, and she would give them words, and she would tell them great things. And she was a judge. She would schedule, uh, uh, work out disputes between people. And she would hear from the Lord. And so Deborah, hearing from the Lord, told Barak, the commander of Israel, to go and fight the Canaanites. But he was afraid to go fight the Canaanites. Barak wanted to stay in the barracks. He Didn't want to go out. He didn't want to fight. But Barak asked Deborah... If you go to the scripture, you read this, you go back to chapter 4 and read this. He asked her, he said, Deborah, I'll go if you go with me. And I don't think he knew who he was talking to because Deborah said, okay, let's go. And I believe she suited up, but she said, let's go to war. And so it reminds me, that story kind of reminds me that when Novak, when he started school he asked for his mom to walk him to class every day. And the days that, that that we would take him together to school, he would ask for her to hold his hand, not dad. Mom, will you go with me? Now, Barak is not Deborah's son, but listen, there, she is a mother figure in Israel, and you need to understand something. So Deborah, she does the mom thing here. She says, okay, I'll go with the Barak. But God will turn your enemies over to a woman. Sometimes, now listen, I'm gonna say something here, and I'm not chastising men, but men, when we let slack happen in our lives as fathers, sometimes and all the time, women will pick up that slack. And that's not the way that God designed it. Now they'll do it because there's a need there and something needs to be fulfilled. But look at this, so Barak, he knew what he should have done, and out of fear, and out of whatever, he just didn't want to go fight. He said, Deborah, I'll go if you go, and she says, I'll I'll go, but this is what the Lord says. A woman's going to get credit for for this victory. So she suits up, and she goes to battle, and the Lord causes Sarah's army to start battling each other. Now, now there's different conflicts. Like different people have different views on what happened here. Some believe that a hailstorm happened and all of Cesera's chariots begin to fight each other. Some believe that it was a wind and a rain and thunder and lightning and that caused them. It doesn't matter what it was, God caused some kind of disturbance. And so all of these chariots begin to fight and just kill each other. Pretty awesome. It's amazing what will happen if we'll listen to God, trust in God, step in the direction that he's called you to step in. God will cause the enemy to turn on himself. And then so when this happened, Sisera his army, he, they're fighting each other and he begins to run. He's a great commander, right? His army is all fighting each other and he's like, I'm out. I'm getting out of here. I'm not going to die. And so when he goes, and there he goes, he goes, and, and many of you know the story, he goes and he finds a tent. And he goes and sees J.L. And J.L., it was the wrong woman that he shouldn't have went. And he's tired. He's wore out from running. And he goes into the tent. And he says, hey, I need a place to stay. I need, I need some water. And she says, oh, I got something better for you. She gets him milk. When she gives him milk, he says, I need you to watch the door for me. I'm tired. And she says, okay, go ahead and lay down. Worst mistake he could have made. And you know what he does? He lays down and he falls to sleep. And he thinks that J.L.'s got his back. But you know what J.L. does? She takes a tent stake and a hammer right through his skull. So Sarah is no more. Fulfilling the prophecy that Deborah said, hey, God's going to turn your enemies over in the hands of a woman. And I find that pretty awesome. I, I think that. and And listen, I say this, that that. That moms are courageous. You're like, well, I haven't had to, to, to put a tent stake through someone's head. Well, I believe if someone messed with your kids enough, you might. I'm not saying you should do that. Don't do that. But you know what I know about women and moms? When it's tough, they push through. When they want to quit, they dig a little deeper, they go a little farther. There, there are days where they're just like, I'm exhausted. And you need those days, right? We all need those. I I thought about this. This is how I know moms are courageous. This is how how I know God created moms to be courageous. Because can you imagine a man trying to have a child? We cry when we get a cold. We're in bed for a week. I'm just being real. Maybe you're like, man, TJ, you are picking on us today. Well, you know what? It's true. Some of us couldn't stand the pain of childbirth. And have you ever seen those videos where they put those things on those guys and they, they make them uh, like what it feels like to have a, a contraction and, and they're like, Whoa! they can't handle it. But, but moms, they just sit there and go, whoo, 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 whoo. just deal with it. No big deal. I know this about moms. They're courageous and stand, they'll stand up for their kids and they'll stand up for the weak. And I believe, I believe this, that there are some moms And spiritual moms in this house who are like Deborah, who will go out into spiritual battle for their kids because they need them there. I believe that we do that through prayer. And I think that's uh, courageously in the posture of prayer and willing to fight the enemy because they trust God and they know that God will take care of them in battle. Awesome moms are courageous. And you guys are getting better. Here's a second, second thing I want to bring up right here. N- moms are selfless. And that's the way God made it. Moms and mothers are selfless. I recently attended the funeral of uh, Norma Corsi, and I heard story after story of a mom who gave and gave and gave and gave. It was amazing to me to hear that story. Many of you may not know who that is. That's Anna Baker's Mother, and, and just listening to this woman, and I believe she was 98, is that correct? Is that right? At 98 years old, passed away, but there was just story after story of just selfless giving. I remember them telling the story of how they had made something for lunch, and one of the kids didn't want it, and they were supposed to go back out and work. And in the, in the meantime, when they were supposed to go out to work, uh, Norma went out and grabbed this this grandkid, maybe it was a grandkid, I don't remember, and, and brought them in and had made them their own special sandwich so they would, wouldn't go without. That's selfless. I love that. And I love that story. And I know from my own just how selfless a mom can be. My mom would never admit it. She would never admit it to me, even if I asked her today, but she would never admit that she probably sacrificed things so me and my brother and sister could could have. Now she would probably never ever ever tell me that, but I know that many of you moms have given up things so your kids could have. So that they could go with and and so the selfless acts of of my 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 own wife with our kids, she's giving of her time. Many of you moms give of your time and and you, you give effort. Many of you moms are also teachers right now. And that's a lot of work. And so many of your moms uh, are giving of your time and your efforts and oftentimes your money. And, and, and you're okay with that because you're blessing your kids and you want to see them succeed. succeed. And the, the person that I want to talk to that was selfless in scripture, a mom that was selfless was Hannah. Hannah was selfless. Now, Hannah, many of you know this, and if you don't know this, I'll tell you, Hannah could not have kids. She struggled with the ability to have a child. And her husband was Elkanah and and would, would console her when they would go to the temple to pray. So every year they would go to Shiloh, which is where the temple was, and they would go and pray. And he would console her there while she was at the temple, okay? And then... He also had another wife because she couldn't bear kids. He had another wife, and her name was Panina, I guess that's how you say it. And Panina wasn't such a nice lady. She could have kids. And you know what she would do when they would go to the temple to Hannah? She would taunt her because she could not have kids. Make fun of her. And it would break Hannah's heart. Well, one time when they were at the temple, Hannah's at the temple. She's praying there in Shiloh, and she is petitioning God to, have, to let her have a child. And while she's doing that, she's saying, God, if you let me have a child, I am going to give him back to you. While she's praying there, she, her mouth is moving. And no words are coming out. So she's thinking prayers, but they're not coming out. And while she's doing that, the priest Eli sees her. And he's like, great. we got someone from California here. They're crazy. You guys think I'm joking, but it's really true. And so she's sitting there praying, and Eli's like, hey, woman, you drunk woman, you shouldn't be here right now. You shouldn't be here because you're drunk. You shouldn't be praying because you're drunk, and he calls her out, and she says, I'm not drunk. She goes, I'm just interceding for a child, and she begins to pet- tell him the situation, and once the air is cleared, to Eli, he says to her, he says, woman, go in peace, and the Lord will grant the petition which you have asked for. Now listen, some of you are praying for your kids. Some of you need to petition for your kids. Some of you, you may look a little bit crazy praying with your words not coming out and your mouth moving. Loving on your kids. You love your kids so much. You want to see them succeed. You want to see them make good decisions. But sometimes kids don't make wise decisions. Sometimes your children don't take the right direction. And 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 so there she is. Hannah, she could not have kids. She struggled with the ability to have a child. And her husband, Elkanah, he consoled her. But listen to this. Once Eli told her this, uh, he he. he She began to move forward, and she went with a little pep in her step. And if you're praying for your kids today to be saved, can I tell you something? Keep praying. If you're praying for your kids to make good decisions, keep praying. If you're praying for your kids to do great things, keep praying for your kids. Matter of fact, James chapter five verse sixteen, the last part of that verse says, "The prayer of a righteous person has great power, as it is working." So when you're praying for your kids, whether you realize it or not, you may be praying protection over them. You may be praying uh, something, keeping the enemy at bay from them. And so pray like Hannah, without selfish reason, but that your prayers might glorify God. Said, hey, God, I want to have a child, but if you give me a child, God, I know that this child will come from you. If you give me this child, I am going to give him back to you. See, Hannah, she wanted to give God the glory. When God answered her prayer and her request of a child, she kept him until he was weaned. He was probably about three years old. And she, she went. And fulfilled her selfless act of giving her child back to the Lord. She took him back to the temple. And she said, here you go, God. She didn't put a razor to his head because he was a Nazarite. Scripture tells us that. And when she gave him back to the Lord, the same priest that Eli, who told her that she was going to have a child, took that child in and began to raise him up. And many of you don't know or some of you may know who this child was. It was Samuel. Samuel the prophet, who would anoint Saul King, who would anoint David King. And I begin to think about the, the life of Samuel. And out of all the prophets and I was thinking about him, there is not really a sad story in Samuel. Matter of fact, Samuel was a good prophet. Matter of fact, when he to, I, I mentioned this last week when he told Saul where to go to get his donkeys, when he was chasing his donkeys, he, he gave him a very specific word. Word for word, you need to go this way. There will be three people there, and then there you will find this. You need to go to the the, the tomb of Rachel, and that's where you'll do that. Very specific. So he was in tune with what God was doing. One of the most selfless things that, that you can do as a mom is to give one of the most precious gifts that God has given you back to him. God, you gave me this child. And 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 while you may not bring him to the church to live like like Hannah did, you can say, "Hey God, I I dedicate this child to you. I give this child to you, Lord. They're yours. I'll, I'll I'm um, I'm borrowing them, and I'll raise them, and I'll I'll do what you want me to do with them. But Lord, they are yours." It's amazing that that when we do that. So so how do we do this? We give back in prayer, praying for our kids. Most of you know what that is. As moms, you pray for your kids probably more than anyone else and bring them to the house of God so they can learn of God, to learn the things of God, to understand the things of God. Here's another one, and point them towards Jesus. Tristan said it great with that little statement, point them to Jesus. And so Hannah was selfless but gave it all back to God. And I think with many of you moms, you're selfless. And you want what's best for your kids? Can I tell you what's going to be best for your kids? God knows what's best for your kids. Give them back to him. Awesome moms are selfless. And? All right. Perfect. Here's the next one. Steadfast. Moms are steadfast. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says this. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found Faithful. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. If God has placed something in your hands, you need to be a good steward of that. Whatever that is, if it's a job, if it's a, 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 a child, if it's whatever that is, you need to be a good steward of that. So awesome moms are steadfast and perfect. You guys are doing good. Moms, I need you to do me a favor. Hit your husband, say, hey, this is good for you too. You need to hear this today, okay? There's a light, and I was looking at this. There's a light in Livermore, California that has been burning since 1901. They make junk bulbs now compared to that. And this light has been burning since 1901. It was donated by Dennis Burnell, who owned the Livermore Power and Light Company. And at one point, it was taken off of power for just a few minutes when they moved it from the fire station to a new fire station. For 22 minutes, it they it went out and they put it back in and turned it back on and it came back. It didn't come on right away and they kind of played with it and then it came on. It's a 60 watt light bulb, but it's so old it only gives out four watts of of power now. So it's just pretty amazing to me. But re- research says its longevity is because it has constantly been left on. One of the enemies of lights, I'm learning with these lights in here, is when they turn off and on. And I don't know about you guys. When these lights go out, that's a a long ways to climb up and change a light bulb. My prayer life goes up tremendously when I'm on that ladder changing that light bulb. Or I ask Matt to do it. If I'm not (laughs) feeling comfortable that day. But... But I'm learning that when these lights come off and on so often, it, it wears on lights. But what are you getting at, TJ? What am I saying here is this. As a mom, when you become a mom, it's like a switch comes on. And you're just constant. You're steadfast. People know you're always going to be there. You're, you're, you are on. And, and so moms burn bright because they don't just check out. Moms can't just check out. They don't just shut down. Us guys, sometimes we do. But moms, they don't just check out. They are listening for their kids in the other room while watching TV. You know how many times I've been sitting with my wife and we're watching TV and she's like, kids are fighting. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Novak's yelling it daily or whatever. Oh, okay. Or when we were young and in marriage and our kids were little and the babies would cry. Man, she knew like that. I'd be like, I didn't know the baby was crying. It might have been selective hearing. I don't know. Especially at 2 in the morning, right? Come on, men. But moms are burning bright because they don't just check out. They're listening, and, and, and they're constant, and they're always on. See, listen to this. Life changes situations. Situations change, but a mother's love is steadfast. It doesn't change. Doesn't change. It's constant. Moms just keep loving and working and serving and giving. No matter how mad my mom uh, got with me as a child today, she still loves me. Thanks, mom. And I can tell you, my mom, one of my favorite stories with my mom when I was little, I was in church. I don't remember how old I was. Old enough to know better that, um, to do what I wasn't doing. And I was being very disruptive in church. And my mom just had enough of me, so she grabbed me and she took me outside. And there was an old switch, you know. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And so she she got a little switch and she she spanked me. And my mom and dad had this thing when they would would give me a spank and they would say, D- "Now, do you know why I spanked you?" And you know, and, and with reason, to, so we would understand why we got a spank, and that we would know, hey, I. There is, a, uh, there is a, an effect to my cause here. If I act this way, I'm going to get a spanking in church, right? And so she said, do you know why I spanked you? And I said, because you're a mean woman. <laughs> spanking number two. That's a true story. Moms are steadfast. <laughs> when I lived in Missouri, in central Missouri growing up, there was a man. And uh, his name was Alice Ben Johns is his real name. And uh, we called him, We and I don't know why they called him. They called it. he was just a hillbilly in the Ozarks, okay. He, he was a hillbilly in the Ozarks. And we called him Injun Joe. That was his name. And that's what they called him. But he had killed three people. And for six months, this guy ran from the law in the Ozark Hills. I don't know how he did it. He was just a ingenious hillbilly that knew how to live off the land. The, the, the law enforcement, they could not catch him. The state police could not catch him. Nobody, the, the city police could not catch him. And he would just show up kind of and people would say, hey, they saw him and then he would just disappear. And so he was like in this, this four-county radius and he would just bounce around. And it took them six months to find him. But when they found him, his mom, they did an interview of his mom. She was just an old country Ozark mom she said this, she said, I know my son's done some bad things, but can I tell you, I still love him. I still care about him. So moms are steadfast. And if there's anybody in scripture, a mom that we can look at that was steadfast, it is, it is Mary, the mother of Jesus. See, she knew Jesus longer than any human on earth. She, was, she saw his humanity, but she knew his deity. She saw him scrape his knees as a young boy and dealt with him crying. And she probably was there and taught him how to walk and taught him how to talk. Sometimes we forget the humanity of Jesus. And so she knew him in a way that none of us ever knew him. And she knew that Jesus at his conception all the way to his ascension in heaven she knew him from from beginning uh, to the time that he left this earth luke 2 tells the story of how joseph and mary left jesus thinking he was with them and 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 see and, and he, this is i like the story because this is this for all you perfect moms this story is not for you because some of you moms have had unperfect situations and so Mary and Joseph leave thinking that, jo, jo, uh, that Jesus is with them. And they go back. And in the midst of where they are with all their family, they realize that Jesus is not with them. And this has been a day. One day. And then they realize he's not there. How many have lost your kids for one day before? So they go back. And they're looking for him frantically, and they find him in the temple. And he's in there, and he's reading with with where he should be. And he's like, "Mom, I'm just going about my father's business." I like this story because it's amazing to me. Because if it had been Sherry Skiles, she probably would have got a switch and took him outside. Now, do you know why I whipped you? No, I'm, I'm just. But Jesus. He says, I'm going about my father's business. But Mary's response, and in scripture, there's nothing that says that she scolded him or got mad at him. She just said, Okay, I understand that. But I'm glad you're with me, right? I remember one time I took uh, I, one strange event. I was picking up the kids from school, and I had uh, Novak with me. He was a little guy, he was in his car seat. And in the process of going to school, he didn't make a peep, and I forgot that he was in the car. I got out of the car. I, we lived in Texas. It, was, I don't, it wasn't like a terribly hot day. And, and I go to, the, go to the school to pick up the kids. I walked a little distance and I pick up the kids. And I'm just talking to people. And they're like, hey, how are you doing? And we get back in the car and he's like, dad, do you know Novak was in here? I sure did. <laughs> you know what I said? Don't tell mom. Whatever you guys do, we'll go get ice cream. Don't tell mom. You Know what they did when they went through the door, hey, Mom, Dad, left no back in the car, so if you feel like an imperfect mom and that you've made mistakes, know this that the the mother of Jesus left him in the temple one time, and that's okay we We all do that, so but she stood by stood by Jesus at twelve years old, and then, at thirty years old, she leaned into him when when she needed help at the wedding in canaan and was there when, when he performed his first miracle of ministry, turning the water into wine. And Mary showed great courage and love by staying with Jesus all the way unto his death. Remember his, Jesus' disciples, they all split except for one. Well, who else was at the base of the cross? M- Mary. Sitting there, she showed great courage and love by staying with him. And when, when others abandoned him on the way to the cross, she stayed with him until... He died that day. And it didn't matter what people thought about her that day. It didn't matter how scary it might have been. That was her child on that cross. It was also her Savior. But Mary, she had a steadfast love that not only a mother could have, and she stayed with Jesus. Mary was steadfast. Everyone say this. Awesome moms are steadfast. All right. One more. One more. Mom's sacrifice, it's kind of like self, selfless, but, but a little bit different sacrifice. Mom's sacrifice of their time, their resources, and their life for their children. They give, and they give, and they give, and they give. I'm looking at this story, and there's a woman in, in the Old Testament named Jochebed. Everyone say Jochebed. Yeah, now you want to name someone Jochebed. That's a pretty cool name, right? Jochebed. And, and Moses' mother... In an act of civil disobedience, because Pharaoh had said, hey, we're going to kill all the babies that are two and under. The enemy always has a plan, but God always has a better plan. And and, and Moses' mother, Jochebed, in an act of civil disobedience and urgency to keep her young toddler alive, she put him in a bull rush and pushed him down the Nile. Seems crazy to us, right, when we think about that. It was either that or the child who would die. And God... Helped her through, through her creativeness and probably scared to death, but she put her son on the river, which is full of crocodiles, only to go downstream and be found by Pharaoh's daughter. It's a beautiful story, really. And what do I know about women and moms when they see a baby? Ah, look at the baby, Right? Us dads are like, oh, okay, I'm going to hold it like a football. I'm going to the Heisman Bowl. But moms are like, oh. And so Pharaoh's daughter sees this young child, and she's like, oh, look at the baby. She pulls the baby out. And there, Miriam, which is which is Moses' older sister, she's there. And she has a conversation with Pharaoh's daughter and says, hey, I know a lady that can nurse that child. I know a lady that can help you raise that child. Pharaoh's daughter says, okay. And isn't it awesome that God can connect the dots? And God spared this young toddler named Moses who would go and lead a nation out of bondage. And would lead a nation uh, almost to the promised land. Just right there. And would do great things. So I want to just say this. you Say, hey, TJ. She didn't sacrifice Moses. I know that. She didn't sacrifice him. But I, can you imagine how hard it was just to let them go, just let him go down the river? Can you, can you just fathom that in your mind? And I want to just say this. Maybe you're a mom and you're about to let your kids go off to college. It's kind of like putting them in a bull rush and putting them down the Nile. God, I trust you. I pray, Lord, that you help them to get around the right people, surround them with the right people who are going to influence them in the correct way and not the wrong way. Sacrifice and sometimes that's hard. That portion of our life is hard letting go. It's tough. But it's there. And and, and so God's uh, a good mom sacrifice for their children, an awesome mom sacrifice for the children because all right, all right. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come back down down here. Moms are awesome. That's right, that's the way God made it. Moms are courageous like Deborah, moms are selfless like Hannah, moms are steadfast like Mary, moms sacrifice like Jacobed. And moms, can I tell you something? We love you all. Whatever season you're in, come on, let's come on, let's give all our moms a hand clap. Maybe you're in a different season in your life. Maybe you're starting a family, and you're in that part of your, your life. Can I tell you something? We love you. Maybe you're in the middle of your, of, your, of, of your family, and can I tell you we love you? Maybe you have teens, and we love you, and we pray for you. And maybe you're at the place where you're letting your kids go, and you're about to be an empty nester. Let me tell you something. Your job is not done, and you know that. Let me tell you something. I can tell you this. My mom, if I'm struggling, if I'm having a hard time, will pick up the phone because it's me calling. You know why? Because she loves me. It's a steadfast love. It's never going to change. No matter what I do, how bad I am, how terrible I may be, she's going to look at me and say, I still love you. I want to show you guys something as, as they begin to play here. And I begin to think about moms. And I uh, had the privilege of talking to my mom yesterday, and it just did my heart some good. She didn't realize how good that is. And if you, can I, can I just tell you this today, if your mom is still alive, go see her, call her, make contact with her, because that's a gift. See, there are, there are people in this place whose mothers are not alive. And let me tell you, all that they want in their heart is to just be able to pick up the phone or, or go see their mom one more time. Your mom is a gift to you. and God's given you a gift. Can I tell you something that, that is pretty, pretty unique here? Moms are awesome, and can I tell you someone else who's awesome? I want you to look at something. I'm going to parallel something here. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is awesome. Look at this. Jesus is courageous. He left heaven to come to earth, to dwell as a man, to pay the sacrifice for your sins and my sins. I don't know about you. That takes a lot of courage. Courage. Jesus was selfless by living a perfect life and giving up on his deity for you and me. And let me tell you something, Jesus didn't do it for his good, he did it for your good. That's selfless. Jesus is steadfast, like your mom. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and and scripture tells us there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. He loves you no matter what. Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice by giving his life on Calvary for your sins and my sins. And he rose again from the grave victorious over hell and grave once and for all. And he atoned your sins and mine. See, there's some great characteristics about mom. But can I tell you something? There's some great characteristics about God. God knew what he was doing when he created moms because moms are awesome and Will you bow your heads with me? Talking about Jesus in this moment, I want to give you a chance to to know Jesus today, and w- we won't tarry too long here. If you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you to know Him today. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He he wants a relationship with you. He's steadfast. He's courageous. He's selfless paid the ultimate sacrifice for you. And today, he wants a relationship with you. You're here and you say, hey, Pastor TJ, I, I want to know Jesus or I want to rededicate my life today. I hear you talking about moms and how great they are. But I know that knowing Jesus is important your mom is a believer, she would say this, I pray that my life points you towards Jesus. It's the best decision that you can ever make. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus under the sound of my voice, you say, hey, I, I want to know Jesus as my personal Savior. Would you just, with no one looking around, would you just lift your hand in this place on this Mother's Day? It's not a day just for moms, but this may be the day that you could be saved today. We tarry just a moment. No one looking around. In the balcony, anybody? All right, let's do this. If you're a a mom, will you do me a favor? Will Will you just stand with me? Maybe you don't have physical kids, but maybe you're a spiritual mom. Stand. I just pray a blessing right now over each and every mom. God, I pray, Lord, that you give them strength. God, you have designed them with a steadfast strength, God, a never-ending source of power, God, of love that drives them. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to be the best moms they would be created, that you created them to be, God. God, when they feel like they aren't enough, God, let remind them, Lord, that you love them and that they are enough. God, when they feel like their kids aren't listening and they feel like they're struggling, God, and maybe not communicating the way that they could communicate, God, I pray, Lord, that love would abound. God, I pray for those who have made selfless decisions on behalf of their kids and have made sacrifices on behalf of their kids. But, Lord, I pray for each and every one of them, their, their children, God, and we place them in your hands. And we say, hey, God, they're yours. We give them to you, God. We thank you for the gift that you've given us. But, Lord, can you double that gift? Can you bless them? God, help them to be courageous, God courageous moms. God, when there's a spiritual battle, God, that they would be on the front lines in prayer leading. God, I ask, Lord, right now, Lord, that you would just do these mighty things. God, we'll give you the praise. We'll give you the glory, and we'll honor you, and we just thank you, Jesus. Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Amen. Now, everyone stand with me. Will you stretch your hands this way? I want to bless you. Um, May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise.